0: Often we have this idea that God is some aloof deity, that He's far away, that He doesn't, doesn't care and doesn't really pay attention to what's going on in our lives and in our hearts. But I'm glad to know that we serve a God who is who is in tune with us in everything that that. Is going on in our lives and he knows, he knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what, uh, what to do about the situations in our life and I praise him for it. I'm glad that we serve a God who is. I'm glad we serve a God who cares. I'm glad we serve a God who is here. Amen. And uh, I'm glad to serve a God who is mine. Amen. He's a personal savior if you've trusted him as your Lord and Savior, he is your God. He is your Savior. He's your friend. He's your Lord. And I want to encourage you that whatever he says in his word, let's be quick to obey it. Let's be quick to do what he calls us to do and, uh, and to obey him. You know, often we have this idea that, that because God is good and because he's loving and because he is gracious, that, uh, that he'll, um, he'll overlook our sin and that he'll just excuse things whenever, whenever we're not, uh, not living right and not doing right. But the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that, uh, that his blessings and his forgiveness come. They are available, but they only come when we humble ourselves before him. His blessings only come when we obey him. His forgiveness comes when we confess our sin. And I'm glad that it's there. I'm glad that it's available to us. But he's not going to force it on us. He's not going to force his forgiveness. He's not going to force his way on you. And, and as we live this life, as we live the Christian life, uh, he, he has many things that he wants to do in your life and he wants to do for you. Uh, but you miss out on so many of those blessings if you don't make some choices to serve him. And I'm glad that God, that God knows exactly what we need. And, and in his wisdom, God knew that he had made us to be people that need community. And so God designed a, designed a community of people that, that those who trust in him can be a part of. And that we can find encouragement, we can find uh, an outlet for expression of, of uh, our joy and our, our uh, service for God and things like that. And then through this community, we can reach out and we can tell the world about this great God who loves us and cares for us so deeply. That, uh, that community is called church. I'm glad that God that God has brought us together to be uh, to be cross point and and I'm glad for what God is doing here and what God is doing in each and every heart and life and you know we have we have stories uh, that uh, we can share about how God has changed us. As I look out over uh, over this room today, I see I see uh, one story after another in the faces of each of you uh, that are here. And I uh, I've met most of you I've met, most of you I've talked to, I've, I've gotten to know you. Many of you I know some stories of of God's power at work in your life, and and if we're not careful, we'll forget about those things. We'll let those things slip, even in our own lives. This past week, we had the opportunity to go up to Fresno and to visit uh, to visit a pastor friend of mine up there, and to and to meet some other pastors that had come in uh, come together for a uh, for a meeting. and And uh, as we were talking and and just enjoying fellowship together, uh, we got to rehearse some of the things that God has been doing here. And as, as we were telling, telling some of the stories that God, uh, that God were uh, the miracles that God performed to, to bring us out here from, uh, from Georgia and how he brought, brought us together through the different connections that God made and, and how God has saved some of you and, and uh, has gotten you in church. You've, you've grown so much and the miracles God's worked in your life. As we were t- sharing those stories, I was like, uh, Mackenzie and I looked at each other and Mackenzie said, it's good to, be, to rehearse these things from time to time, isn't it? And my heart has just been overflowing with, some ex, with excitement about the, about the message today because, because I want to I talk about the power of togetherness. God has brought us together uh, for a reason. You know, the Bible says two are better than one. If there's something about, uh, about, uh, about uh, two people working together, you can get more accomplished when two are working together than if two are working separately. It's amazing uh, the, the amount of strength that uh, you know, one person might have a lot of strength and another person might have a lot of strength, but often that the, the amount of strength is exponentially multiplied whenever they come together and work together. It's amazing how that works, and, and it's so powerful and so awesome to see that in the church. And, and it's wonderful for us to have those victories and to, for us to experience those things. But sometimes we need to be together to remind one another of those things. Have you been? Have you have you gone through a time recently when maybe when maybe uh, you're you're alone and and uh, you and the thoughts begin to come in of of your unworthiness and how uh, and maybe some failure maybe maybe you maybe you stepped away from your fellowship with God and got into some sin or something or, or maybe not but the devil's there whispering and telling you you're no good and, and you're sorry and and there's no reason for you to even continue even trying uh, the devil tells us that kind of stuff doesn't he? And and when we're alone, it's hard for us to it's hard for us to bring ourselves back up. So let me encourage you. If you get in a spot like that, pick up the phone, call somebody, or, or or whatever you might need to do. But let me tell let me encourage you with this. Maybe get on your knees and open up your Bible, and get in God's Word and let the Spirit of God let the Word of God strengthen you because there is nothing like this book. There's a lot of good books out there on the market. I love to read. Um, I've got. I've got. A- my house is just full of books. I keep books tucked here and there. If you open up any random drawer at my house, you're liable to find it full of books. And uh, I've got bookshelves just stacked with books. And I've got, I've got totes that are full of books. And Mackenzie's asking me, can you get rid of some books? Uh, I've got, my Kindle is full of books. I've got Audible full of books. I just love to read. I love to listen to books. I love to just glean all of that. But there's no, uh, out of all the books that I've read, I've never read a book quite like this one. Because this, this book is a book like none other. This is a book that came from the very mouth of God. Uh, the, the, the mouth that, that spoke and brought the universe and everything in it into existence. In just, in just, with just his speaking it, uh, it came into existence. That, that mouth spoke these words. And these words have been put into this book for me and you. And if that mouth has the power to speak and to bring the universe into existence, what power do you think there is in the book right here that, the wor- that uh, uh, came out of the very mouth of God? Oh, there's power here. And so I encourage you to get in this book and read it. Let it encourage you. Let it strengthen you. Uh, but but don't, uh, don't neglect. Don't neglect. Getting together, and, and you say, well, we're not. We're here today. Praise the Lord for that. But next week, or this week on Wednesday when it's time for growth group, let me encourage you, don't, don't neglect getting together because we need to be together. We need, uh, we need one another. We need the strength, and we need the encouragement that comes uh, from that. And we need, we, need to be, uh, we need to labor together. I've talked in the, a couple of weeks ago about the spiritual battles that we're in. And we are fighting some battles. And often, uh, often those battles are, are just vicious and they are hard because we fight against an enemy that doesn't play fair. Satan, Satan, knows, all, Satan knows the Bible and he knows it very well. Satan knows, uh, he knows what tactics often work uh, very easily with human beings because he's been fighting against man for over 6,000 years. Satan knows what to bring against us. So uh, don't, uh, don't, uh, uh, don't think that you on your own are going to overpower him, that you're going to defeat him, because you can't. But God, through you, can. We are, made, we are made more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, and we have the victory. Christians aren't, aren't fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory, because we have victory in Jesus Christ and as we live in that victory we need to be reminded of the victory we need to we need to have some reminders and so it's good for us to come together and we're, as we uh, take our bibles this morning let's turn to exodus chapter 17 Exodus 17 uh, that's, uh, it's right at the beginning of the Bible, you've got Genesis and then the very next book is Exodus. So Exodus 17, and we're gonna read uh, we're going to read uh, some verses out of this this morning. Uh, but for starters, I want to read verse 11, Exodus 17 verse 11, and it says, "And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Let me tell you what's going on here. The children of Israel have been delivered from Egypt. They saw God work a great miracle. But prior to that, let's back up a little bit. Moses is alone in the desert. He's alone in the wilderness watching over the sheep that belong to his father-in-law. And as he's as he's there alone uh, with the sheep, he looks over and he sees a, a bush that that's on fire and and it's my understanding that a fire like that just starting is not unusual in the in the desert like that. And so it wasn't much of a surprise to see a bush on fire, but whenever he saw it again and that same bush is still on fire and it's not being consumed, that got his attention. And he began to walk closer to that bush and he said, I'm going to go and check this out. And as he gets closer to it, God speaks to him from the bush and he says, Moses, take off your shoes because the place where you're standing is holy ground it was holy because God was there and God told him I want you to take off your shoes it's holy ground and and Moses took off his shoes and he began to talk with God and God told him he said I got something I want you to do Moses I want you to go down to Egypt that place where Moses was wanted because he had killed an Egyptian that place that Moses had grown up in the palace and, and had been taught the ways of the Egyptians. Moses was a known man. Moses was a wanted man. But God said, Moses, I want you to go. And I, I want you to go and stand before Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, God said, let my people go. The children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt where they had been for over 400 years. And Moses said, I, I'm 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 not, I'm not eloquent. I don't know if he had a, a stutter like that, or if, or if, if he just felt badly because he didn't, he wasn't real good at at making speeches or whatever. Uh, but he said, "God, I'm not eloquent. I, I can't, I can't talk in front of a crowd. I can't. I certainly can't go stand before Pharaoh." God said, "Who made man's mouth?" And Moses. What is that in your hand? And Moses said, "It's a rod." And God said, I want you to take that rod and I want you to cast it down. And Moses cast the rod down uh, there and, and it became a serpent, the Bible says. And Moses did a very smart thing and he fled from it. I don't like snakes. I don't know about you, but I, I don't like snakes. And people that like snakes concern me. And, uh, and and God said, God said, now Moses, I want you to go and take it by the tail. Now... Not liking snakes, I, I've I have learned some things about snakes. Should I ever encounter one, and one of the things that I've learned is you don't pick it up by the tail. Years ago, I was visiting some uh, missionaries up in uh, up uh, up in South Dakota. They're on a, a Sioux Indian reservation there, and and uh, and while we were there, there was a uh, th- there was the ceremonies going on uh, for a. Uh, for one of the the men and the, uh, the the one of the Sioux Indian men there uh, and uh, I guess that's probably politically incorrect, isn't it? That he was he was a Sioux. Is that is that okay? I I'm sorry. I I, I I don't I don't ever I always want to be correct in the way that I say things and but I, I grew up not understanding all of that. But anyway, you get the picture here, all right? So he was on he was on the reservation there in in South Dakota. He was one of the Sioux and and he and he had gotten drunk and and. Let me tell you, when you when you mix alcohol with anything, it's always going to be it's always going to be a mess. It's uh, people do foolish things when they get drunk. People do stupid things when they get drunk. So uh, so don't do don't get drunk. You probably won't do as many stupid things, right? Uh, so uh, so uh, this this guy got drunk and he and he decided to play this game. And I don't know who came up with this game. Probably somebody that was drunk. And he and the game was to pick up a rattlesnake by the tail. And to use it like a whip until you popped its head off. Drunk guy, live rattlesnake swinging it around. He got bit and he died. So he's he's lying in state there, and and uh, you know, foolish, foolish, foolish. But God told Moses, to pick it up by the tail. Sometimes God tells us to do things that to man would seem foolish. But if God tells you to do it, all of man's wisdom cannot measure up to God's wisdom. And it would be wise of us to just do what God says. God told Moses, pick it up by the tail. And Moses went and picked it up by the tail and it became a rod again in his hand. And the interesting thing is that from that point on, that rod was referred to as the rod of God. Moses took the rod of God in his hand and touched the waters of Egypt and they became blood. Moses took the rod of God in his hand and held it up over the Red Sea when God had delivered the people of Egypt, and the Red Sea uh, parted and became a, became dry land for the children of Israel to walk through. The rod of God uh, was used by Moses as as he led the children of Israel uh, out of out of Egypt through the Red Sea and into the wilderness. And now now the children of Israel are there in the wilderness, and and they've seen God do some amazing things. Moses has seen God do some amazing things through this. Rod of God, and as they're as they're coming through the, the wilderness, they they get thirsty, and they and they say uh, they they say uh, did, why did you bring us out here to the wilderness to to die of thirst? We could, have, we could have stayed in bondage in Egypt and we could have, we could have been, uh, had our, our thirst quenched. You brought us out here to die of thirst and, and Moses went to God and he said, God, why, why, why did you put the burden of these people on me? I didn't give birth to these people. God, what, what am I supposed to do here? And God said, I want you to take the rod of God in your hand and I want you to go and, and I want you to smite the rock and there's going to come water out of that rock and the people will, uh, be, will have their thirst quenched. That's exactly what Moses did. And as the people are drinking that water and they're getting their thirst quenched, uh, along the, next, the next few verses tell us that along comes an enemy. You know, you can mark it down. Anytime you see a blessing from God, Satan is going to come right along on the heels of that to attack you and try to get you distracted from the blessing of God. He's going to try to get your eyes off of what God has done and what God is doing and look at at all the problems that you're facing. Satan's going to try to distract you. Satan is a very good distractor. So let's focus our attention on God this morning. And, and so the enemy, the Amalekites, came along and they, they began to attack the, the people of Israel. And, and Moses, uh, Moses told Joshua, his, uh, his, his, uh, uh, his uh, assistant, I guess you could say, the, uh, God uh, had called Joshua to walk with Moses and to serve with Moses and to become the, the future leader of Israel. And, and Moses told Joshua, he said, Joshua, I want you to lead the army into battle against the Amalekites. He said, because God is going to defeat Amalek today. God is going to, uh, is going to uh, wipe out Amalek from remembrance. And he, sa- he said, and, we're, and God is going to give us victory today. He said, you go and lead the people into battle. He said, I'm going to go up there on the mountain, and I'm going to stand. I'm going to go up into the mountain, and I'm going to stand with the rod of God in my hand. Now, why, w- why was he doing that? Why would Moses go and stand on the mountain with the rod of God rather than be the leader that that God had sent him to be? Because he was leading the best way he possibly could when he was standing on that mountain with the rod of God. Because God had used that rod, had used Moses to use that rod, and that rod represented miracle after miracle after miracle. That rod represented victory after victory after victory. And Moses is standing up on the mountain overlooking the, overlooking the valley where the people are in battle, and Moses is holding up that rod, saying, "Hey, remember the rod, remember the victory. Remember God's power. Remember, we win." And as he's standing there. With the rod lifted up, the people can see it and they're encouraged to fight the battle. And as long as his hands were raised, uh, Israel was winning the victory. But when his hands began to get heavy and when they began to, to drop a little bit, Amalek was getting the victory. The people were not being reminded of the goodness of God. The people were not being reminded of the power of God. And we need to remember the victories. So first of all, we see the reminder of God's power. The reminder of God's power. Moses told Joshua, go choose out men and fight against Amalek tomorrow. I'm going to stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God. Church often I'll I'll stand here and I'll I'll share stories with you about victories and maybe we'll maybe we'll talk together one on one and we'll uh, exchange stories about victories that God is doing and as your pastor what I'm what I'm endeavoring to do is remind you of the power of God and it's and it's not that you know whenever I tell stories about what God has done in my life it's not that God has chosen to do this for me because I'm some real special person. It doesn't take a long time uh, for you to be around me before you know that I I've, I've got problems. I'm quirky. I'm weird. I'm from the south. Hey man, hey, I I've got weird ways. I'm not always politically correct even though I try to be. I sometimes I inadvertently offend people and if I do, I'm sorry. Sometimes I'll say things and it sounds hateful and mean. I try not to because I love you. And I want you to get the help from God that you need. And if I tell you a story of God's power and his miracles, it's not I'm bragging saying, hey, look what God did for me. Ha ha. I'm saying, hey, look, if God will do this for me, he'll do it for anybody. If God will do this in my life, he'll certainly do it for you. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And sometimes we just need to remember the power of God. We need to remember in the battle that we're facing that God has all power in heaven and in earth. We need to remember uh, the God uh, that, uh, that spoke everything into existence. We need to remember the words of His fingers, the moon and stars which He has ordained. We need to remember how the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day into day uttereth speech and night into night showeth knowledge and there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. We need to remember that this is the God who robed Himself in flesh and came here to earth so He could touch the leper, people who had not... Been, had not had human contact in years uh, perhaps. He, he laid his hand on them and touched them. Uh, this is the man, uh, this is the God man, uh, the God who had power to to uh, spit on the ground and make clay uh, with uh, out of the, the dirt there and, and put it on the blind man's eyes and tell him to go wash in the pool. And when he washed his eyes as Jesus told him, he, he had his sight. This is the God, this is the God who took, who took five loaves of bread and two small fish and broke it up, and distributed it, and fed 5,000 men, plus the women that were there, plus the children that were there. And if there were teenagers there, you know five loaves and two fish wasn't going to be enough. But Jesus worked a miracle and fed all of them. And there were 12 baskets of leftovers. Hey, that's the power that God has. This is the God who, who, uh, who, as as a, as a man on earth, he walked he walked among the people and he served among the people and and he got message one day that his friend Lazarus was sick and then Jesus stayed where he was a little bit longer and whenever he whenever he went to uh, to Bethany where uh, where uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived, uh, word got to Mary and Martha that Jesus was coming and Martha came running out and she said she said Lord my brother's been dead for four days if you had just come Come, he wouldn't have died, because you could have healed him. They had seen Jesus heal. They had seen Jesus work miracles before, and she just couldn't understand why God didn't do what he t- what she told him to do. When she told him to do it, that's not how God works. But this is the God who came along. Mary came out and said the same thing to Jesus, basically, and he said, "Show me where you've laid him." And they took Jesus over to the tomb and. Jesus said, remove the stone from in front of the tomb. And they removed the the obstacle there. They removed the stone from in front of the tomb, and Jesus cried out and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, who was dead, came back to life. This is the God who did that. This is the God, the God who... Delivered Israel, the God who brought them through the Red Sea, the God who uh, who gave them water from the rock, the God who delivered uh, Daniel from the den of lions, the God who brought the Hebrew boys out of the out of the fiery furnace, the God uh, the God who was who was there with Isaiah and with Jeremiah, and the God who was there with Hosea, the God who was there uh, who was there walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Hey, this God, He's the God that I'm talking about. He's the God that is involved in your life. He's the God that has given you victory. He's the God who who has given you every good thing. And He's the God that will help you through whatever it is you're facing. This morning, I want to lift up the rod of God and remind you of the power that God has. I want you to be reminded of the goodness of God this week. Some of you might have saw it on Facebook. I I was reminded of some of the blessings of God. I, 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 I have a, a pocket knife. I believe it's out in the van. I had it in my pocket the other day when we went to SoCal Harvest and they wouldn't let me in Angel Stadium with a pocket knife. And so. I had to go put it back in the. Had, well, no, actually went and put it back in the van for me. And uh, but this pocket knife I have from uh, it, it belonged to Uncle Bill. I've told you about Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill was uh, was a relative. He was bedridden. He moved in with our family. and We took care of him. Uncle Bill was not a believer in Jesus but I spent time witnessing to Uncle Bill my mother-in-law spent time witnessing to Uncle Bill Mackenzie did and and no doubt my boys did as well they were a little bit younger but uh, but they still they still would uh, would love to share Jesus uh, with him and 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 as and Uncle Bill would watch Charles Stanley every Saturday uh, it's amazing he didn't he didn't believe in God but he wanted to watch Charles Stanley uh, which was a miracle in itself and that's another story about how all that came about but one day, but every night I would pray with Uncle Bill and I'd uh, and talk to him about the Lord and I'd, I'd pray with him and I and I would pray and I'd, I'd ask the Lord to give us good rest and in my prayer I would say, Lord, help us to make the decisions that we'll be glad we did when we stand before you. We went on a trip for New Year's and when, when we came back, um, my mother-in-law was there with, with Uncle Bill, and, and, uh, her, and uh, her brother was there as well, and they'd been taking care of him while we were gone. And, and, uh, and she told me, she said, uh, she said Philip, uh, Bill is about ready to, to go to bed if you want to go in and, and say goodnight and pray with him. And so I went in and, and uh, spoke to him, and, and I said, should we pray? And he said, yep. That's about all that Uncle Bill liked to say, yep, you know just like one, one word. And uh, so I began to pray. And as I'm praying, I said that, that I usually said when I'd pray with the Lord, help us to make the decisions that we'll be glad we did. And Uncle Bill interrupted me and he said, I made a decision. I said, what was that? 80, 80 years old, 80 something years old. He said, I made a decision. I said, Uncle Bill, what was your decision? He said, to receive Jesus. I keep that pocket knife as a reminder that God answers prayer, that God saves sinners, that God saves people even in their 80s. It's a reminder of God's power. I, and many other, many other things that, that I have that, that reminds me of the power of God. And I, I want to I ask you, what reminders do you have of the power of God? What are some reminders in your life of the blessings of God, the things that God has has uh, has done for you, the things that God has done in you, uh, and and the victories that God has given you? The Bible says, the Bible tells us that that Moses uh, that Moses went and, uh, and and took that rod of God in his hand and stood over the uh, stood up on the mountain there, lifting it up above the people. To remind them of God's power. But you know, serving Jesus is difficult. Serving Jesus as exciting as it is, it's not the easiest thing to do. Because we've got, we've got the enemy that's fighting against us. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And the flesh gets weary. The flesh gets tired. You know, the um, Driving out to uh, driving out to Anaheim this week and and uh, getting back getting back late as we have we're we're out there helping and we're getting some uh, getting some contacts from people that have made decisions and all that and so uh, so getting those, uh, working there uh, at the at the stadium afterwards to to be able to help with that and get those contacts uh, it, it's been late I mean it's been after midnight when I've gotten home this week and uh, each night uh, the last two nights and, and but it's it's not a problem. I love serving Jesus, but it does get tiring. It was hard to get up this morning. I did my body's my alarm went off and my body said mm mm. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to just keep going. Uh, And 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 no doubt you've experienced that. Sometimes you you know the things that you need to do, and you know that you need to you need to do this for the Lord. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, going to to serve in, in uh, on Sunday morning, helping with setup or helping with uh, the the kids class or helping with our hospitality uh, ministry or or whatever it may be, uh, helping with music or or whatever. Uh, it, and, it, and it's hard. Maybe during the week you're, you're helping with one of our after school Bible clubs or you're helping uh, with one of our Bible studies either at Door of Hope or at the Walter Hoving home or, or something like that. Maybe maybe you go with us to Emanuel Baptist Rescue Mission and help in those ministries and or, or some other thing that you do to serve God, to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And whenever you go to do it, you face some opposition and you get weary and tired and sometimes sometimes you feel like, what is the use? Because sometimes sometimes you might be standing there holding up the rod and you don't automatically have victory. You begin to get tired. The hands begin to droop a little bit. The Bible says not to be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So the, here's, here's, the, here's the wonderful thing. We need these reminders of God's blessings. We need these reminders of the power of God and how God works together and how God works in us and works through us to, uh, to uh, accomplish his purpose. And so, and so, as as you're serving God and, and getting weary, I hope that when you come to church and you hear the preaching and you hear the stories of God's uh, God's goodness and His power, I hope you're encouraged. I hope that you go and encourage somebody else because we need one another. Because I, I'm only one person, I can only do so much. I, I can only help in one uh, situation at a time. But you know, if, if I'm helping one person trying to encourage them, and there's somebody else over here that needs encouraging, and Danny comes along and he gets, he gets over there with them and begins to encourage them, you know what that's done? It's given victory to the church. Moses had some people that helped him. The Bible, the Bible tells us here, the Bible tells us here that, that Aaron and her went up into the mountain with, with Moses. We see not only the reminder of God's power, but we see, secondly, we see the power of mutual collaboration. That's a big word. And I wanted to impress you with it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I heard it somewhere. I looked it up and it was good. So I wanted to use it uh, and make me sound smart uh, because I'm not. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, mutual collaboration, working together. There's power in that. Then came Amalek and fight against, fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men and go fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand in the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to up to the top of the hill. The Bible tells us in Corinthians that we are laborers together. We're laboring together you and I are laboring together and, and you're laboring, we're laboring with one another and what an awesome privilege that is. But we're not alone. We are laborers together with God. He's working with us. He's fighting with us. He is battling for us and He is strengthening us in the inner man to do the work that He's called us to do. And He's given us one another to bring that encouragement and to strive together for the faith of the gospel. Continues on in our text, and it says, "It says, and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. I mean, he's an old man by this point. He, uh, he, he's he's been serving and leading God's people, and his hands are heavy." And they begin to they begin to drop, and, and Amalek's prevailing, and Aaron and Hur they're up there with Moses, and and they look and they see the situation, and they say we got to do something. So they so they took a they took a stone, they took a rock, and brought it up and set it up there so Moses could sit on it because he was tired. And they and he's holding up that rod in his hands. And Aaron got on one side. And Hur got on the other. And they held up Moses' hands. So his hands were held up. The rod of God was held high. So the people could be reminded of God's goodness. Aaron and Hur collaborating with Moses. Working together to remind the people of the goodness of God. Hey, this, this work that God has called us to do. It's too big for one person. This work that God has called us to do uh, here at Christ. Crosspoint. It is not. This is not my church. This is Jesus' church. This work that God has called us to do. It takes me. It takes Noah. It takes Levi. It takes Dominique. It takes arianne It takes Rama. It takes Megan. It takes Mackenzie. It takes every one of us. It takes you. Hey, wh- whoever you are, if you're a part of Crosspoint, this work takes you, and God wants you to get involved. Because there are people out there that are waging wars against the enemy. They are fighting battles and they need you to be praying for them. They need you to be fighting with them. They need you to be reminding them of the goodness of God. Mutual collaboration. Striving together for the faith of the gospel. Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat there on and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands the one on one side and the other on the other side and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. His hands stayed up high. Israel stayed, uh, stayed uh, they, they were continually reminded of the power of God and they prevailed and they beat Amalek that day. God gave the victory. So we have the reminders of his power. We see the power of mutual collaboration. And thirdly, we need to remember the victory. Sometimes we'll come to church and God will do a work in our hearts. And we'll be excited about it. At the end of the service, we'll respond at the invitation. And we might even come to the altar and kneel and pray and thank God for the victories and we might thank God for what He's done. But we need to remember it. We need to have some things in our life that reminds us of the victories. I told you I've got Uncle Bill's pocket knife. I've got a a mask that I wore when we went paintballing, guys. That paintball mask reminds me every time I see it, Reminds me of the good time we had and the relationships that were built and how the church was strengthened through the relationships that were built that day. It's a blessing. Do you know what one of the greatest reminders for me is? And it's a reason why I like to come to... It's it's one of the many reasons why I like to come to church. One of the great reminders of of the victories that God gives... Is the faces of the people that are looking back at me right now. You are my reminder. And we need to share our victories with one another. We need to tell one another what God has done. I've asked Matthew if he'll come and share with us a little bit of the story of his story of God bringing him to cross point and how God... Work has worked in his life and, and the things that God is doing there, because you need to hear the victories. And I know I, know I could have asked any, any of you to get up here and share, share some stories, but, uh, but I want to I ask, ask Matthew if he'll come and, and just share with us, just take a, a couple of minutes or so and, and share with us uh, the, some of the victories that God has, has given you and how God has helped you as you have come to be a part of Cross Point.
1: Can you hear me? Yeah. Testing. Testing one two three. No. <laughs> Every time when you get on stage, you want to be like yo 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 yo. <laughs>
0: well, first
1: I want to thank God. I, first, I thank God for the Joneses and for them just opening up their hearts to everybody and just letting just the power of the Holy Spirit just work through them and spread through this church. And they've definitely been a blessing to my children and I. Definitely here, and I <clears throat> thank God for my parents who laid down a foundation of Christ when I was a small child, um, because I grew up with Christian parents, thank God. Amen. But I was also a prodigal son and rebelled my whole life. Uh, But but, um, And then I thank God for Greg Laurie and the Harvest Crusades, which is tonight. Yeah. Um, And tonight, like, Chris Tomlin's going to be there, guys. Like, you get to worship with Chris Tomlin. How amazing is that going to (laughs) be? Like, we're going tonight. We're so excited. Newsboys is going to be there. (laughs) Phil Wickham is going to be there. Who's amazing. Like, we're so excited. So. My daughters and I are definitely going tonight. But like Pastor saying, with talking about the reminders, Harvest is definitely a reminder to me. Um, Back in 1983, when Return of the Jedi came out, and I was eight years old, and my I accepted Christ with my mom and dad, and I went to a big mega church, uh, Lake Avenue in Pasadena, for many many years, Um, and then been through different mega churches throughout the rest of my life. And hey, I'm Christian. And going through high school, I'm Christian. College, hey, I'm Christian. Now. I get into the entertainment industry at a young age, at 18 years old, and then I find myself, uh, the industry crashed and burned, and there was no work, and so I was working at Disneyland Resort. I was dating Minnie Mouse at the time, and we were living (laughs) together. I'm I'm Christian. God's cool with that. I'm living with my girlfriend right now. That's cool, right? Like, God understands our situation. That should be fine, Mm -hmm. right? And so I get home, um, and I walk in the door, and my two really good friends who I knew were walking Christians, uh, Mike and Daryl Short, um, who are now police officers, uh, strong Christian men. they're like, yo, come with us to church tonight. And I was like, what? Okay. I, okay. Cut to me in the car with my girlfriend. How dare you do this to me? Like, oh, this was a trap. I don't want to, you know, I'm Christian. I don't need to go to church. Like, what am I, you know, what, we're, you know, and we're going to Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa, Calvary Chapel. Ah, I think I heard of that guy. I think it was like, Jessica, that's Chuck Smith's church, right? I think like, so I don't know. So then we get there and like, oh, I'm just so upset. And then we walk in, worship music. Blasting, there's this young kid who's a worship leader there, and we walk in like, "Who is this guy? This is not real music." And just like the world was just fight, it was just fighting me, you know. Yeah. Was just I just felt this fighting and tugging, and uh, this ain't real music. Who is this guy? And they're like, "Phil, Phil, who? Phil Wickham. Oh, this kid's never gonna make it." And so he's doing the worship, he's leading worship that night. Now he's huge, guys. He's playing tonight at Harvest. Um, but um, and then Greg cut to altar call. My girlfriend and I are down on our knees, and we're rededicating our lives to the Lord. Soon after we broke up, I moved out. And then I would like to say went on to even a bigger victory, but that's when the enemy definitely swooped in. And I went on a 15, very long journey with my spouse who physically and verbally abused me and my children for over 15 years. And I knew that we had to get to church and get to church. Let's get to church. And every time she would fight, she would fight. And she's also been diagnosed with, bi- she's bipolar slash schizophrenic. And she would fight us. And we'd go to church. and know oh, there's demons in there. The pastor's a demon. And like, she would not go there. She would fight us. She made, Sundays was living hell. Every Sunday was the worst day of our lives. And she made sure that it was. And I kept trying to get to church, trying to go to church. And then God called me, we got to get, I got to get Aubriella, my oldest daughter, to harvest. She's a teenager. Get her to harvest. And like 2014, God really put that on my heart. I got to get them back to harvest. If we're not going to church, we got to get to harvest. We tried 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, we got so close. I even, I booked a hotel. We went on like a small vacation. I booked a hotel the same time as harvest, right across the street. No, just because I thought I could maybe sneak the kids out to go get them over there. And, uh, we, and no, we were, she would not let us. She would not let us. She made it so hard, so difficult for us. And even when we're outside swimming, we can even hear everything going on at Angel Stadium across <laughs> over the way, and she would not let us go, 2017. Uh, um, and then last year, 2018, I worked with my mom, and she was like, we got to get our, you know, Abriela there for sure. So she said, I'm going to go take, you know, uh, Abriela out for the day. So I secretly we're working together like okay I'm gonna try to get my kids (laughs) my clan to the harvest I'll try to meet you there and she snuck off with Aubriella and said she would meet us over there and she took a lift and that was kind of difficult for my mom she doesn't know what technology is really and so taking a lift just to go out to Orange County and so she met us out there so last harvest we finally get there and um Even my spouse at the time was saying that she was a secret agent, and she was looking for a secret agent, Steve Lincoln, and had luggage, and was walking around the stadium. And I just took the kids in, and we were uh, we were there for the whole night, and then Phil Wickham was there that night too, and we got there when Jordan Felice was playing, and the Dominio, and all that whole thing. And then um, when they did the altar call, we went down. We went down there without her. Uh, and all of my daughters, just seeing them pray with Greg Laurie was just such an amazing, just blessed night. And I knew Abrella was on the other side with my mom, and we ended up meeting up. And uh, shortly after, um, and also we've been praying, I've been praying God plug us in to that right church, like in that right state, because we also live in Oregon, in that right city. I pray this for 15 years, just plug us in to that right local church, that right place where you wants to live, the right place where you want my daughters to go to school. And sure enough, he led us right here to Crosspoint. He said, so, Amen. "Amen."
0: Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's been a blessing to get to know Matthew. And last week we celebrated with him and with with uh, as they continue as they finished. Continue they uh, completed our fourteen week discipleship course and. And just having that time one on one with him each week, and and just fellowshiping and encouraging one another, you know, I've I've been strengthened, and and I, I've seen I've seen the power of God. His kids are serving in the children's class today. That's what God can do. So remember his power. When the enemy comes to fight against you, and he will, when the enemy comes and tells you that you are no good, that there's no use in serving God, when the enemy tells you that it's it's fake and that God doesn't care about you or whatever the enemy might come telling you, remember the God who delivered Israel. Remember the God that brought this backwards redhead from, from Georgia all the way out here to California. Remember the God that brought you to Cross Point. Remember the God that has done w- miracles in your life. Remember the God that brought Matthew and strengthened Matthew and his family to be here and worked everything out for them to be a part of this church. Remember the God that has transformed the lives of everyone around you. Now, your story may not be exactly like Matthew's, but you have a story to tell. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody your story. Let them hear what God has done in your life. And let's share our stories with one another because God has brought us together. And he didn't bring us together so we sit across the room from each other. But he brought us together for us to be family, for us to get to know each other, for us to serve God together. Let me encourage you before you leave today. Find somebody that you don't know, or that you don't know very well, and talk to them about their week. Maybe tell them some things that God has done in your life, and then, and then, go out this week and tell somebody the story of God's transforming power, how He saved you, how He delivered you from sin. See, Paul said. You are our epistles. You're, you're our letters to people. You're written in our hearts and you're known and read of all men. As, as we go out among the people of Pasadena, people see God in you. You are a witness to them. Let them know what's going on. Tell them your story. Let's work together to encourage one another. And let's, let's remember the power of God. Let's strive together for the faith of the gospel. And then let's remember the victories that God has given because they are many. The songwriter said, Count your many blessings, name them one by one. But I believe if we'll be honest, we'd have to say, Count your many blessings, name them ton by ton. He daily loadeth us with benefits. He's such an amazing God, He is God. He's our God. He's my God. And if you have trusted him as your Savior, he's yours. And he wants to do these works in you. He wants, to, he wants you to experience victory. So this morning, I want to hold up the rod of God and remind you. I don't literally have a rod in my hand, as you can see. It's not some invisible thing I'm holding up. I want to remind you of the power of God to deliver, the power of God to transform lives, and the power that God wants to work through you to bring victory to somebody else. Now some of us some of us have already been involved in holding up those reminders. Some have been involved in that supporting ministry of of helping to hold up that rod it's time for you why don't you join in why don't you get involved and see what god can do through you amen let's just bow our heads and close our eyes i want to i want us to take some time this morning to think about the things that god has done in our lives Think about the things that God has done to set you free from sin. And if you don't, if you, if you can't put your finger on a, on a time in your life when you trusted Christ as your Savior and Jesus set you free from sin, let me tell you this morning, Jesus came to this earth for the purpose of making it possible for you to be free from those sins. He shed his blood for you to be forgiven of your sins, but he's not going to just force it on you. He wants you to receive it. Jesus offers eternal life freely to you. He offers eternal life to, to anyone and everyone who will come to him. He says, Whosoever will, let him come. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says that we're all sinners. And that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The way you can receive that forgiveness and receive that relationship with Jesus Christ. Is by, by talking to God and, and, and asking him. It's not the words that you say. It's nothing magical about the words you say. But there's faith. It's the faith from your heart believing that Jesus Christ is the only way for you to be saved. It's not by good works. It's not promising God that you'll never do anything bad again. But it's realizing that you are incapable of of bringing yourself to heaven. And Jesus is the only way that you can ever get there. So scripture says if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. It says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Basically, it's, it's praying something to the effect of, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that I cannot save myself. I know that without you that I'm, I'm hopeless uh, and I'm, I'm eternally uh, bound for hell. But Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to forgive me of my sins and to give me a relationship with you. Please forgive me and save me. If you pray, if you pray that or something like that, and you mean it from your heart, according to the Word of God, God gave you eternal life. You're born into the family of God, and I want to rejoice with you. What I'd like to ask you to do is, is when we're when we're finished, I'd like to ask you to come by and speak to me outside. I'll be I'll be standing out uh, out in the the uh, just outside the doors there. I'd like to ask you to come and. Tell me about it. Tell me that you trusted Jesus as your Savior because I want to rejoice with you. For those of us who are saved, we know that we're saved. Satan's been fighting us and, and, and maybe you're wondering, what's the, what's the disconnect here? I believe in Jesus. I pray to Jesus. I read my Bible. But maybe you've not been connected with God's people like you need to. Maybe you've not been letting God's people minister to you and encourage you. And maybe you've not been ministering to God's people and encouraging them with the reminders of God's power.